Hello, we're back with another episode of SME Talk, the podcast by Aon, where we talk all things risk, insurance, and anything else we get excited about here at Aon. I'm your host, Sumi. We are traveling back in time again in today's episode, and we're looking at the history of cybercrime. Joining me, I have Derek, who I'm sure you all remember who you've met before. Derek, thank you so much for coming back. Hi, thanks for having me back. And you have brought a special guest today. I have. I've brought Winchelle with me, who works alongside me as client manager of our not-for-profit team. Hi, everyone. Hi, Winchell. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so we'll get straight into it. I take it you've both got a special interest in the history of risk, and cybercrime is probably one of the biggest risks on the minds of many businesses and even individuals today. But how did it start? Who were the criminal masterminds behind things like hacking and, ma- and malware? Well, would you believe the first ever cyber attack as we know it today wasn't even deliberate and it's possible there wasn't even any malicious intent behind it? Really? So what, someone just woke up one day and decided to try their hand at online crime and see how far they could go? (laughs) Close. It was actually in 1988 by a curious young 20-something-year-old man who just graduated. His name was Robert Tappan Morris and he basically wanted to know how big the internet was. So he wrote a program that would tell him exactly that by traveling from computer to computer and providing account of how many computers it had traveled to. That sounds innocent enough. What ended up going wrong? Well, unfortunately, it worked a little bit too well and ended up basically going into overdrive and duplicating and duplicating and the impacted computers had to eventually be disconnected from the network to be rectified. And how much damage did it cause? It ended up breaking into about 6,000 devices, which might not sound like a lot, but we are talking about a time where there were only around 60,000 devices connected to the internet across the world. So it actually ended up affecting 10% of the world's internet-connected computers. This program came to be known as the Morris Worm. And what ended up happening to Morris? Was he convicted? I mean, was, was this even considered a crime at the time? Yeah, he actually was the first cyber criminal to be convicted under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, which had only been released a couple of years prior in 1986. This law prohibited all intrusive behaviour into a device without prior authorization. Now, cybercrime can obviously take many forms. What category of cybercrime did this incident fall under? It doesn't sound like the typical hacking attempt that comes to mind when we think of cyber attacks. No, I wouldn't say it was hacking. I'd say by today's terminology, it could either be classed as malware or what we call distributed denial of service. Okay. And one thing I'm finding really surprising is that this event occurred in 1988. Now, that actually wasn't that long ago. So had there never been any cyber attacks or attempts at cyber attacks prior to that? Oh, there definitely had been. I guess you could say this was the first one that caused large-scale damage and kind of shone a limelight on the scary possibilities when it comes to cybercrime. Okay, and what were some of the things that happened before this large-scale event? Well, if you want to go right back to the start, you'll find the first hacking attempt was long before computers in the year 1834, uh, when a pair of thieves hacked a French telegraph system to steal financial market information. It was two brothers, known as the Blunk brothers, and they used to trade bonds for the government. So they bribed the telegraph operator in the city of Tours uh, to add in errors into routine government messages being sent over the network. 
So this allowed them to get information, which was usually sent by coach, a lot quicker than the rest of the traders. And therefore, of course, make more money by making decisions according to the information they received. And when were they caught? I can't imagine they would have, you know, they would have been able to keep doing that and not get caught. Yeah, not long after, of course. Uh, a couple of years later, in 1836, uh, they were put on trial, uh, but they couldn't be convicted because at the time there was no law against the misuse of data networks. Okay, so if the Blunk brothers weren't convicted, how and when did cybercrime become criminalised? Was that 1986 Computer Fraud and Abuse Act the first law that criminalised it? Did all cybercrime before then go unpunished? So look, after that telegraph incident, attacks and hacking attempts did continue to happen over the years. There were some very interesting incidents, like in 1957, a blind seven-year-old boy who had perfect pitch was able to use his voice and whistle to essentially hack telephones and make free long-distance phone calls. And similar to how there were gradual developments in online crime, laws were also developed over time. I mean, for example, the act which Morris was convicted under was an amendment to an existing computer fraud law. Before this law, though, most of these crimes were convicted under mail and wire fraud, which often made it difficult to prosecute uh, perpetrators. So I guess there was never really one incident which led to cyber crime, but laws were really developed as more and more people engaged in the activity. Okay, so we've seen how cybercrime evolved, um, but of course it wouldn't be an Aeon podcast without at least touching on the topic of insurance. So how did cyber insurance develop? So insurance designed to respond to the effects of a cyber attack has its beginnings in the 90s. Initially, it would only cover online media or errors in data processing. They also provided purely liability cover. So if a business suffered a cyber attack, it only helped cover the losses of third parties which were impacted and not the business itself. And throughout the 2000s, coverage continued to develop and policies started to cover more and more. And today, of course, cyber insurance is a cover which is pretty important for all businesses to consider, especially if you have a digital footprint or hold data simply because of the size of the threat of cyber attacks. There are many providers and many types of policies and cyber criminals aren't exactly sitting around doing nothing either. They're also working out new and different methods of conducting their trade. So insurance policies will also likely keep evolving to reflect this too. Okay, well, that was a very comprehensive overview of cybercrime. Thank you both so much for taking the time to sit down and talk through this with me. Thanks for having us, Thanks Sumi. for having us. Aeon has taken care in the production of this podcast and the information contained in it has been obtained from sources that Aeon believes to be reliable. Aeon does not make any representation as to the accuracy of the information received from third parties and is unable to accept liability for any loss incurred by anyone who relies on it.